Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and before we get to the Transformers-rific content of this week's episode, I want to tell you what I did last weekend. Last weekend, I shot a movie, or I was part of a movie shoot, I guess would be a more accurate way to say it. Uh, some friends of ours are shooting a movie called Joe Striker. You can find out everything that they want you to know about it on Facebook. Uh, if you just go to Facebook and Google Joe Striker, and that's Striker with a Y, because of course it is. Uh, you can find out uh, the information that is currently available. Now, I am sworn to secrecy about many aspects of the plot, the filming, and everything else, but I can tell you this. Uh, I was very excited to be going to the set on Saturday to hang out with friends, but also to be a part of this really amazing project. I, I can't wait to see the finished product i can't wait for the world to see the finished product because there is a lot of heart uh a lot of uh appreciation for movies uh but also a lot of skill going into the making of this movie and i think the final uh, the the finished release is going to be even better than everybody involved is expecting uh, but I, I went out there on Saturday, and I was playing a, a very specific character. And to me, I felt that this character, if if you've seen me, you know that I sport a very specific kind of beard uh, most of the time. Sometimes I've got a full beard, but most of the time I have this sort of chin wrap. I, I, I think of it as my fake jawline. Uh, and so, so I, I have since probably... Uh, ninth or 10th grade, right around there, uh, for the most part constantly had some form of hair, goatee type thing on my chin. And uh, just because I'm, I'm comfortable with it. What's under my chin is not great. Even when I lose a whole bunch of weight, I, I've got kind of the the fat guy neck chin thing going on. It's just how I'm built. And uh, I like having a little little beard on top of that to to make things look a little more presentable to the public. So anyway, uh, but this character I did not feel would have that sort of beard or any sort of beard. And for the first time in 13 years, uh, I shaved my whole face. Now I, I left some stubble because this guy would definitely he he would have had you know stubble, absolutely. Uh, but I shaved everything off, and it was it was as dismaying as I remember it being 13 years ago when I did it for a Two Face costume that I did, uh, because obviously you can't do Two Face with a beard, uh, unless you're a lame guy at Dragon Con who thinks it's cool to have a bearded Two Face. Uh, but anyway, I shaved. Uh, it traumatized everybody in my family. Uh, everyone that saw me was shocked. Uh, and I'm going to look the way that I look right now for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, although it's already uh, grown in to the extent that I don't look quite as much like a hideous uh, pelican man 
as I did when I first shaved, so that's good. I think within a week I'll be presentable again. Uh, But that's how important it was for me to get this character right in this movie. And we had a great day of shooting. Uh, I showed up. What For me, I was coming off night shift, so getting there at 11 o'clock was after getting off work Friday morning was was a uh, not a challenge but just I had to sort of set my mind to do it like okay you, you got to get up early Saturday and, and get on out there uh showed up to the set was not actually able to get in there was a little miscommunication with the the security uh at the shooting location and yes there was security at the shooting location uh but I eventually got in got into wardrobe and had an absolute blast uh, not only filming my scenes, but watching the other people that were there that day uh, doing what they were doing. And, and again, I can't go into any detail, but I got to do some really exciting stuff that I'd never done before. Uh, I have never acted before in the way that I did uh, Saturday. I, I've, you know, my whole entire life. I have been sort of playing characters and when I was a kid even doing voices and stuff, playing with toys or whatever. Uh, But I've never done what I would consider serious acting. And I definitely did serious acting. And I think I did a really good job. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud of everybody that was there. I got to work uh, directly with a couple of guys who, who were a lot of fun to work with. Uh, I think you guys are going to like this movie a lot, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and, and in other movie news, Troublemaker, the final edit might be done now. Uh, I think Wilson is do- – and if you don't know, uh, our friend Jason C. Wilson followed me around for over a year with a camera and has produced a documentary about – the stuff I did for that time, hosting uh, games, doing the game show, going to Dragon Con, uh, just sort of all of the, the entertainment-oriented stuff that I do. And, excuse me, uh, a few weeks ago, i got to hydrate people. Hydrating and gyrating. Hydrating and gyrating. Uh, a few weeks ago, I sat down with Wilson. He came over, hung out. We watched a bunch of movies and uh, recorded sort of a final interview a closing interview that ended up being what both of us wanted and then I sent over a a few things that he needed to finish it up and there is a final uh, or I guess you can't call it a final edit till it's the final edit there is uh, a completed edit now of the movie so we'll we'll obviously keep you posted on when that's going to be released and in what way I have high hopes for it as well I'm very proud of it I'm blown away by Wilson and what he put together and uh I'm just I'm overwhelmed at these things sort of concurrently happening right now which is funny because uh not you know just a couple weeks ago I was feeling like like I didn't have anything going on and now there are things to sort of focus on and be excited about uh, so there you go. That's what's happening. A big, it's, it's finally time, I guess, for me to take Hollywood on and assume my rightful place 
uh, amongst the Brad Pitts and Scarlett Johansons and uh, Bruce Campbells of the world as a true, bright, shining star of Hollywood. Right? Probably not. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, another cool thing that I got to do that I'm excited about is uh, Nerdy Laser Podcast. Our pal Rich, who used to write for Needless Things uh, and now hosts se- several different podcasts. Uh, uh, pal, our pal Rich had me on the Nerdy Laser Podcast just to talk about sort of autobiographical stuff and just uh, the autobiograph that doesn't sound right for a podcast uh basically i went on to talk about my favorite topic me and uh we had a great conversation we really enjoyed it and then when we were done uh we recorded with our friend chris de Petrillo from figures toy company who's been on the show many times now and uh, we did a special road to wrestlemania episode i'm going to be doing a couple of those coming up in march uh, about various topics but the the Nerdy Laser episode, I think, is supposed to go up on March 20th, uh, if what Rich said ends up working out. And we all know how podcasting works out sometimes. Uh, but it was a great conversation. You're going to enjoy hearing it once that goes live. But uh, that's all I've got for you this week. Obviously, uh, you want to go to themeparkalchemy.com, but Sean will talk about that at the end of this conversation about Transformers. Uh, more than meets the eye robots in disguise beast machines alternators uh we we touch on a lot of different things uh, one thing i've got to clear up before we get in here we mentioned hasbro pulse which anybody listening to this show probably knows what hasbro pulse is at this point we discuss hasbro hasbro pulse and i incorrectly said that everything hasbro showed at toy fair for the rest of the year is currently up there for pre-order that's not accurate none of the marvel legends are like there's only the older announced Marvel Legends are up for pre-order, and some of those are already sold out. But as far as Transformers and Star Wars go, uh, most of what has already been announced is already up there through the end of the year, especially Transformers. Uh, so I- I'm all for Hasbro Pulse. I would love to get some kind of advertising deal with them, but for now, I'll just say for free, it seems great. I've already placed an order from there, and so has Sean, and it's awesome. So there's a little free endorsement for a mega multi-million dollar company for whatever uh but anyway i think that one correction is all i wanted to mention we don't dive super deep into the origins of the transformers or anything like that because we really i I really just wanted to sit down with sean uh as both of us are now kind of devoted to the current transformer transformers toy line uh, i really just wanted to sit down with him and talk about transformers and and see where the conversation went and that's pretty much what we did and i think you guys are going to enjoy it Yeah, man, let's do it. Is it just the two of us? Yeah, yeah. We're just going to talk about what we think about Transformers. Sweet. I can definitely do that. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you were the guy, because you and I have been talking, especially since this War for Cybertron Siege line has launched. You and I have been going back and forth about this thing. Oh, because it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. But even before that, though, you know, you, you were, you're an optimist guy. Yeah, absolutely. Optimus, Optimus and Soundwave, and, right? Yeah, those those are my two big ones. And I'm a Shockwave guy. 
um, with with occasional forays into, into Optimus, depending on how G1 he looks. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there are versions of it. Like, I was, I was definitely in the truck, not monkey camp for the longest time. Well, um, and we'll we'll get to that because I, I do want to talk a little bit about Beast Wars and and what happened there. Uh, but I guess first, let's go back to the beginning. I recently put up a post on Needless Things about sort of my history with Transformers because it was supposed to be the introduction to a review of the Siege figures that I've gotten so far, like just as a line. And since I haven't really written about Transformers a whole lot or even talked about them a whole lot. And they come up from time to time, but I'm not actively into them, so it just hasn't happened. Right. Uh, that intro that should have been two paragraphs ended up being a full post. And I, I had to, because I was writing, I had to fill in some blanks. But here talking, I can get a little more specific. Uh, I remember buying my first Transformers, but... I don't remember my awareness of, like, the cartoon or the franchise prior to that. Like, I don't know if I knew about them before I found them or not. Do you remember, like, the first time you saw Transformers as a brand? I'm pretty sure it was the cartoon. I, I'm, like, 99.9% .9 sure that uh, – because I was glued to the television as a kid. Uh, that obviously, given the fact that I haven't seen most things, did not apply to growing <laughs> up. But uh, as a kid um, – I was glued. I quit gymnastics because I came home and realized I missed most of Great Space Coaster. I was so pissed. I told my parents I was never going back to gymnastics again. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So, and and knowing that I went on to do gymnastics as a cheerleader in college, that you know, that, that shows my love and dedication to cartoons as a kid. Um, so, I am about ninety nine point nine percent certain that I saw the Transformers cartoon first, and uh, it was Soundwave's voice. And appearance that made me fall in love with Soundwave as a uh, as a character. Okay, see, and that's that's where I'm not totally clear because the cartoon started in September of 1984. Which uh, one key thing there is that GI Joe had already been around for a couple of years at that point. Masters of the Universe was kind of at its peak there, but Star Wars was winding down. Like Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, so by September of '84 we were really starting to get kind of the dregs, the last of the Star Wars line. Right. Uh, and, and I think it was a prime time for kids who were really into the science fiction side of things to, to be ready for some new thing to capture their imagination. And even though Star Wars and Transformers are very different, they're also very, you know, it's a planet far, far away. Yeah. So there, there is a, that sci-fi connection there, as, as opposed to being, you know, more grounded like GI Joe or more fantasy oriented like He Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and if it, and since it came out in September, that makes me like doubly certain that uh, I caught the cartoon first because that's my birthday month, and so I even as a kid was like, I do whatever I want for this whole month. <laughs> I, I still do that. Yeah, yeah. I I can enforce it now. When I was a kid, I was I I was mostly tilting at windmills. You'd say it and hope for the hope for the best. Right. I would say it across my fingers, and like there wasn't a, a belt on the other side of it. It's like you don't do. You go clean your room. <laughs> I'll show you a birthday. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I am pretty sure I saw the toys first because I there there's a vague and I I don't have. Like, I'm not one of the people who recalls moments of childhood with, with any particular clarity. I remember 
certain things. I remember buying the G.I. Joe hovercraft. I remember like a few things here and there very, very clearly, but I don't have a good recall for, oh, this was the summer when we did this or that. Like, I have to call my mom. When did we build that fort? I, I have no idea. And she'll have to, well, that was when your father did. Da, da, da. Um, but I'm pretty sure we were visiting my grandparents and in some department store. And because I, well, I know the facts surrounding my first Transformers purchase I'm positive of because I do remember that very clearly. Uh, it was a department store because the prices were slightly higher than they should have been. Because you remember, like, if you bought stuff from Lionel Playworld or from, like, service merchandise or whatever, it would be whatever you expected the price to be. Right. Like, a G.I. Joe figure would be two ninety nine. Yeah. But if you went to a department store like Sears or... Uh, somewhere that was like in a mall it'd be a couple bucks more yeah because they would mark up above uh, a good bit more than the msrp right exactly so we i'm there with my mom and my grandmother and we're walking around and there is this big l-shaped section that's shelves and pegs uh and it's all the first wave of transformers like the boxed vehicles on the shelves and then the smaller figures on the pegs and those you know that great grid packaging and the purple and the red and oh yeah uh, i i am like 80 percent certain i didn't know what any of it was beyond it looked really cool and i i remember standing there long enough for one of them to be like all right we gotta go and I had to, I, I had pick my, something. Yeah, right, exactly. And all I had was my my ten dollars or whatever. And since we were in a department store, the like larger boxed vehicles, like Sideswiper, Hound, or whoever, were eleven ninety nine instead of like eight ninety nine or whatever they were at the time. So I couldn't get one of those. But the the mini cars, the Autobot mini cars, and then the cassette tape two packs were within my price range and I picked uh Laserbeak and Frenzy because they looked cool I guess like I honestly don't remember my thinking really well other than I was getting two of them right and uh it's uh, adult me is amazed that younger me was happy with that purchase for the like rest of our visit cuz we'd go up there for like two weeks or so but I I specifically remember playing with those two the whole rest of the time we were there that's Just, a whole lot of mileage out of the cassettes right but but i remember uh finding like halfway transformation modes and considering those like a third alternate mode because if you took frenzy and from cassette mode put his legs down but left them bent he almost kind of looked a little tank, <laughs> and oh yeah, and uh, and then Laserbeak, I would uh, keep his head in and put his wings a certain way, and it was like a jet mode instead of just being a bird. And they fought; they just fought; they fought. You made them in the triple changers, but yeah, I triple right. changers exactly. And what's funny about that is if it had been one, you know, with, with the the cars or whatever else. You can't really fake things out like that because they're either a car, a robot, or a weird pile of arms and legs. Right. But because the cassettes are so simple, 
like it just takes one change to make them look sort of like something else. Uh, but those are those are my first ones, and I I loved them. And from that point, uh, I th- I think I saw the cartoon before anything else. But uh, you you remember the cartoon first? What at the time? What else were you watching? Uh, so that's when I was really, really, really getting into um, Godzilla and Ultraman and all the Japanese imports that would play oh, on okay. the the UHF channels. Um, you know, we had the regular afternoon. So in Pittsburgh, we had the regular afternoon and whatever the, the, the main station was. But uh, I had a black and white TV in my room. <sighs> Maybe I didn't have it back then. So this is where my memory gets, gets blurry. Yeah, Because yeah. I remember watching a lot of television. I have to kind of think of which house we were in. And and remember, like, which room was that? And did that one have a TV? But I feel like in our first house, I had a black and white television um, that I would do science experiments on. And by science experiments, mostly it was just fooling with the coat hanger as the antenna. Right, and, right. And I, I would see what stations I could get on the UHF channels, and there would inevitably be some sort of Japanese import, some crazy Godzilla movie or Ultraman. And I remember watching that, and very early on just got totally hooked, and that's what led to the Power Rangers a million years later. So when Transformers came on, I was like, oh, this is a cartoon version of, of like these Japanese shows that I watched. And I didn't know they were Japanese at the time, but I was just like, oh, this yeah, is like right. robot Godzilla. Um, and so I remember watching that, and I've always been obsessed with technology. So I, it was kind of this perfect, you know, perfect thing for nine-year-old Sean. I was like, wait a minute. These things can be other things? And they can change, and they're giant robots, and that's awesome. And uh, I never – I think I had a sound wave before I actually had any sort of actual Walkman that worked. <laughs> uh, so having the sound wave was like, well, this is really cool. This is almost like a cassette recorder, but it's a robot. So it's a bubble. Um, and, yeah, so I think sound wave was my first one, and then I had one of those weird watch thingies. Um, and so, yeah, so I watching the cartoon – uh, got me super into it. Optimus Prime's design looked like that perfect Japanese samurai robot thing, um, and and something about it just felt like that. This is what everything I see that's coming. All these Japanese imports that nine year old Sean had no idea were Japanese imports. I was like, all the robots look like that. They all have that faceplate. They've all got big pointy ears. So I am all in on this thing. This this, this everything about this, this this character design is perfect. And so I was hooked. Um, and, uh, I went to nerd school. <laughs> uh, I got, uh, I actually went to a inner city Catholic school and I would get bus out one day a week and, uh, for, for gifted classes. And this is how I got into computers and stuff. And every young boy in that, there was a small group. There was maybe 16 students total and every young boy was bringing their transformers in. And we were spending all of our time playing with Transformers and playing on computers. And so it just became this thing where it just became all-encompassing. And every time I saw somebody with another one, then it was like, go home and add that to the Christmas list or the birthday list. Um, but, yeah, the big one, somebody brought in Soundwave. And I was like, I have to have that. And <laughs> immediately went home to mom and was like, I need Soundwave. And she was like, what the hell is a Soundwave? <laughs> And uh, and so then I think we probably it's probably birthday because I got most of the stuff on birthdays and Christmases, um, 
And I don't remember ever buying any myself. It was always like Santa will get it or mom and dad will get it or my uncle, my cool uncle would usually get me plenty of it. Uh, but it was always around the holiday or something like that. Uh, and yeah, and Soundwave was the first one. I remember Soundwave and Prime first and I remember Prime distinctly because it was only a matter of weeks before I lost his fist. Oh, and, uh, man. <laughs> and I had a fistless Optimus Prime. Uh, it's funny you mentioned watch because I think everybody had that watch and i had to i had to look it up real quick here it was called chronoform yes it was the little square watch that turned you know very simply turned into to a robot the robot was really cool looking but i don't remember that in america being part of the transformers line i don't think it was but i think anything that looked like uh, that looked like Transformers. In my head, I just made it Transformers. Except for the dumb GoBots that had the worst transformation in the world, where it was like all giant um, uh, windshield. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, that doesn't count. That's dumb. And I would inevitably, you know, you would have that relative that would get you a GoBot and be like, oh, I got you one of them Transformer things. And you'd be like, this is a GoBot. This is not a Transformer. It'd be really, it'd be really pissed at well, actually, your your adult relatives. Well, it's funny because when I was a kid, oh, and real quick, another thing about the watches, they they were made by Takara. Oh, so uh, they were made by the same company then. Yeah, that was doing Transformers, it just never got merged into the uh, into the line. Yeah, I, well, I'm sitting here and there, I'm looking at the packaging, and it's got Transformers on the packaging, but I'm not sure if that's Japanese. Because what it sounds like is that Hasbro wasn't interested in licensing them in North America, so they got some other kind of release. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, and I had totally forgotten that there were robots and there were creatures. There was like a scorpion uh, and other thing, too. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking up on... Uh, uh, well, no, this is, this is American packaging. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Okay, so there was a car, a scorpion, a jet robot and then they had one was literally just like a red or blue bumblebee on a watch band yes <laughs> and i'm looking there's a there's a gun there's is like there? a yeah there's oh a, you're there's right a, holy shit that's badass it's like a tiny little megatron dude. i rem- i remember no I the, getting away with that in school the, the, i remember the gun now because it the parts like pull apart and recombine to form a little square <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh that's amazing I'm going to go down an eBay hole later no and kidding. try to find these. <laughs> right? Well, I just All I had was, I had the, uh, I think I had the black robot. I don't think I had the silver one. I think I had the silver one, and um, I don't even know. I might have seen this boombox looking one. Uh, yeah, this and- is definitely, like, triggering some memories here. Wow. Okay, well, we got to move on. Uh, and for anybody listening that wants to kind of follow along with us down memory lane, uh, TF Wiki dot com or i'm sorry tfwiki.net is wonderful and it's not just because of all the information it has but everything is written with personality like it's not just bland facts there's there's commentary as well but it's not annoying it's all like entertaining so i i'm i'm in love with this site currently in my oh it'll suck hours if not months of your life yeah and it's everything Uh, it's all the cartoons it's all the toy lines it's it's everything i think the guy from did you ever read the webcomic short packed uh yes yes i think the guy that wrote that comic is a frequent contributor to tf wiki 
That would make sense. And I think that's how I I think that's how I actually found TF Wiki because he made a Transformers reference in one of the short packed uh, comics and then linked to this and I realized that oh well he writes a lot of these wiki entries so I now every time I read one of these entries I read it in his voice oh okay okay well and that makes sense because it, I mean it is it's it's uh, entertaining stuff it's not it's not completely dry and it's not also it's also not somebody who thinks they're funny but are not right exactly <laughs> uh, but yeah I the the cartoon i remember watching because i'm sure it was heavily promoted during gi joe i mean afternoon cartoons you know at that age in 84 uh, i would have been 8 years old so at that age i'm just watching every cartoon that comes on like oh, you, yeah. you don't even really have to like get my attention or or push too hard if it's on in the afternoon after school i'm just watching it Right. Is it animated? I'm in. Right, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was in on the cartoon, and then the next significant thing I remember is my mom... Rab- did you read the thing I wrote? If you did, I won't bother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, just for the listeners, if, if you want this whole story, uh, go to needlessthingspodcast.com and, and find my recent post about Transformers. But uh, So, my mom's wrapping presents, and I was, I was a good kid. Like, if you asked my mom... Or my dad, even now, they would be like, yeah, he he really didn't complain much. His behavior was excellent. Like, I was a good kid. But every once in a while, I could be an absolute shit. (laughs) And my mom is in our living room, and I I can picture this in my head, uh, wrapping every year she would buy a bunch of presents for all of their friends and their friends' kids and it was a big part of like the pre-Christmas thing was her wrapping all this stuff. And it's usually scarves and hats and stuff I, I don't care about. But in this instance, Optimus Prime and Megatron in their beautiful... If you remember that Megatron box... Oh like, my god, it's the, gorgeous with the purple? Yes, the big rectangular box uh, with the purple and black with a grid on it. And then the little windows cut so you can see the parts inside... Uh, just a really nice looking box and then of course Optimus Prime uh, you know one of the greatest toys of all time yeah and they're sitting there pristine and I was like whoa <laughs> and I I believe I said something to the effect of of mom I you if you and dad were going to get me those for Christmas you really should have hidden them better <laughs> and and, uh, Some good, slick way to be like, so those are oh, mine, right? Oh, no, no. I wasn't even trying to be slick. I <laughs> thought that's what had happened because there's no way she's bringing Optimus Prime and Megatron into the house and they're not for me. Right, for some random-ass cousin. Right. Uh, and, and she had to explain to me, no, no, those are for, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And well, so and so and so and so can go get hit by a bus because yeah. these are mine now. That's a, a conversation similar to that went down. Like I, it, it because you know my mom, if I had been reasonable, would have gone down the no no these are these aren't yours. You'll get your own stuff for Christmas. This is for somebody else, and that would have been the end of it. Uh, but this was an instance where I think I behaved, and I don't remember because my brain doesn't like to think about how horrible I've been in the past. <laughs> uh, 
we purge that stuff from our minds. Yeah, right. Until until we're like driving somewhere for like a business meeting, and we think everything's fine, and all of a sudden your brain's like, "Hey, remember that time you did this, asshole?" And you're like, "Oh, to drive into a tree." <laughs> right. uh, I am now racked with guilt while I'm in traffic. Right. Exactly. So, uh, or when you're trying to fall asleep at night, that's a good. That's time. what it usually happens. Yeah. That's like, a. Yeah good time for your brain to pull out those old embarrassing nuggets and turn over and inspect hey remember when you were 10 and you locked that old lady out of her house you're an awful person right right she's probably still out there right it's your fault jerk (laughs) uh but but anyway so i ended up with optimus prime and megatron and uh, i don't care what happened with the other kid but for for me Transformers was never like I had a few here and there. If I, when I sit down and I look at the full list, like I had Hound, and again that's that military connection because GI Joe was my by that time was my big line. I still had all my Star Wars stuff, but GI Joe, as far as what was currently hitting the market, was it because my dad was in the military. I talked about this before. He yep. was a pushover for cool military stuff. So like Hound, I think I kind of I might have even gotten directly from him. Uh. But I kind of had to focus on the one thing. I get every once in a while something else, but I never. I, I wouldn't say uh, before my friends started getting rid of their toys, I probably didn't have more than a dozen Transformers, if that. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, but I loved them, and I loved the. I mean, the show. I was one hundred percent on board, and uh, we'll we'll get to the the movie in a minute. Oh yeah. So I have the same problem with Transformers that I have with He-Man in that me and a few other neighborhood kids and kids I went to school with just started this trading ring where it was like, oh, you have that? Well, I have this, so I'll give you this character if you give me that character and I can have him for like – and it would be like a month or more where it would be like, uh, yeah, I have this character, and then I would, we would trade back at some point. I have no idea how we kept track of it, how we were organized. We're all too ADD to be that organized, but <laughs> somehow we all ended up with our stuff at the end of some period of time. Uh, but yeah, so we would trade. So I have like memories of having different ones, and I can't remember, were those mine, or did I just have it for like a week? Oh, because wow. like I don't know. I, I feel like I had an Ultra Magnus, but I never had an Ultra Magnus that was technically mine. Like, it was something I had traded for briefly and then was playing with it. It was like, oh, this is really neat. And then I probably lost the part and gave it back to the kid. It was like, oh, he's missing his head. Um, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amusingly, today I have the uh, the white Optimus Ultra Magnus. I don't have the rest of his armor. And uh, he has 3D printed fists because at the store where I found him, uh, he was missing everything, including his fists. And I was like, well, that's pretty much on brand for this particular toy because those parts would go missing in a heartbeat. But at least now we have 3D printers so they can replace all these stupid parts we lose. Well, and I liked uh, because eventually uh, I got really – see, I was – as far as trading goes – I was far too selfish and paranoid as a child to participate in any kind of, like, toy swap, like you just <laughs> described. Like, there's no way. But uh, later on, when my friends sort of stopped being into toys, I got a lot of different toys. Like, my whole mask collection. Uh, I never, I had one mask toy, uh, the green motorcycle. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, that turned into a oh, helicopter. yep, yep. That was my favorite. I had that, and that was it until one of my friends uh, got really, really into soccer and gave me 
all of his mask toys, including Boulder Hill. Like, he had everything. Oh, my God. And I brought all this stuff home, and my mom's like, you know, you can't take what how do you have this what what is this and i was like ryan doesn't care about this anymore he said i could have it all it was just in his basement like in a box and she's like well you can't just take all this and she called his dad and his dad was like no it's cool ryan says it's fine we you know i'd rather not have it in the house taking up space (laughs) and she was like okay so i ended up with a whole mask collection i ended up i think i got a bunch of transformers from him as well so like late in in uh you know, around when I was probably 11, 10 or 11, maybe, uh, I, I did have a pretty decent Transformers collection. But prior to that, uh, like I said, I took a word for the cartoon, loved the cartoon, always wanted the toys to be more like the cartoon than they were, especially when you look at figures like Ironhide and Ratchet. Yeah, who, again, are windshield faces with a sticker. Right, exactly. And you're like, this is not acceptable. Yeah, this little face is not getting the job done. And what's funny is in later years, uh, Hasbro, or I think it was Takara, like reissued those, but they added a head part that attached to the seat. So it made the windshield the chest like it was in the cartoon right but then the shoulders looked like they were coming out of their waists right they because weirdly like arms don't go there right exactly because that's how the original toys were constructed so that really didn't work either but now we've got the masterpiece ones that look freaking incredible oh my god yeah i was i'm actually looking at some knockoffs right now that's a talk about another uh rabbit hole you can get out on ebay are the knockoffs yeah yeah um i i, I may or may not and by that I mean I totally do have a knockoff masterpiece Soundwave because the masterpiece Soundwave is way too expensive, and even the knockoff cost me like seventy bucks, seventy five. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, but it's totally worth it. His joints are all kind of loose and stuff. I'm like, that's fine. He's just gonna stay on the shelf, and he's the right scale. Yeah, I am still kicking myself uh, because that masterpiece Soundwave that came with i think six cassettes maybe uh it was a toys r us exclusive yeah. uh box set that had masterpiece Soundwave and and i think it was six cassettes but whatever whatever it was uh it was it was tremendous and a friend of mine was looking for it a matter of fact it might have been mike gordon was looking for it uh for one of his relatives and i went to toys r us and they had maybe four of them however however many come in a case like very clearly they had just been put out and i was like bingo got it and stood there i was like should i get one of these for myself and at the time <laughs> i was trying to be responsible i was not buying transformers uh and you know i, I like soundwave a lot but he i i can't honestly say he's a guy that i go out of my way to track down like beyond just a g1 soundwave is a great thing right and I didn't buy one, and I think after I gave mics to him, and I'm pretty sure it was Mike Gordon at this point, after I gave mics to him, I was like, man, I should have gotten one. And I went back, and of course they didn't have any. I never, yeah, I never sold out. Yeah, I never saw any again. And to this day, I'm still like, damn, I wish I had that. I got, uh, so I saw the Masterpiece one after it had come out, so it was already gone it was secondary market it was you know 200 bucks i was like i'm not spending that much but then they released the i think it was of all things the lincoln park version yeah the the gold one right yeah so he's gold and clear um but he's amazing and he did he came with uh um rumble ravage frenzy um uh buzzsaw buzzsaw right yeah laser beacon buzzsaw Yeah. yeah 
and and every and I was like, oh my god, these are amazing. I think now I have Soundwave on display, and I think it just have all. I think I put out Laserbeak, and that was it. The other cassettes are all like they're in a box because well, I was like, I don't have room for you guys. The funny thing is, the cassettes are all gold, so Buzzsaw and Laserbeak and Rumble and Frenzy are identical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because they're, they're just gold. Yeah, they're just gold and clear. And you're like, well, I think, uh, and when they both have, and this was the other thing, like that, I was very confused on, and I was like, I have apparently been out of collecting Transformers for a while because um, Rumble and Frenzy look like they both have the uh, the arms that can cause the earthquake thing. Yes, like those pounder arms. I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't remember in the cartoon. I thought it was just Rumble that had that transformation. I thought the same thing, but I believe it was both of them. And just in being immersed in in TF Wiki for the past several weeks, uh, most of the toys that have included the pile driver arms, both of them have them. And there's even one Soundwave set where you can put all four of the pile driver arms together to make a big cannon for Soundwave. Oh my God! Yeah. I gotta go down and look at my toys when we get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, if, what better reaction could there possibly be to recording a podcast than that? Honestly, right? Exactly. Uh, so went and saw the movie in the theater, and we we have talked about that plenty of times. Uh, it was transformative experiments, it, uh, experience. It was heartbreaking. Uh, it was amazing. It's still beautiful to this day. Like that animation is is some of the best oh, from yeah. the eighties at all. Uh, Absolutely. And then it just kind of fizzled out a little bit. Like I don't, I don't remember them dying in the toy store because you know, you Monsters of the Universe, you had the the Isle of Eight Thousand Modulocks for years. <laughs> uh, with Return of the Jedi, you had the the Power of the Force uh, or Power of the Jedi. I can't ever remember which one is which. I think it's Power think of it's the pa- Force. I think it's part of the, the one where they're super weirdly. No, no, no. That was uh, that was the '95 stuff. Oh, that was the re-release. I yeah, that's think right, that's yeah. Power of the Jedi. Uh, but anyway, whatever it was that was that was released in like '85 that came with the coin, like that stuff sitting around forever. The e like the Ewok catapult. I think that might still be in that. That might have been in some Toys R Us stores when they there's, closed. <laughs> there, there's some old shell of a KB in a mall that no one goes to anymore. Yeah, it still has that Ewok catapult sitting in the back. But with Transformers, I think they kind of like had you know whatever the last of the G1 stuff was. I think it sold, and then that was it for a while. I don't remember any Transformers lingering in the same way. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember being, I think I was in college when I saw a bunch of the G2 designs and don't have any recollection of ever seeing those in stores as a kid at all. Like, I was like, this was a thing? Did this come out? I just assumed it must have only have come out in Japan and it was never released in America because I was like, I've never seen these designs. Where did this purple tank Megatron come from? This is strange. And then I'm reading about it at probably TF Wiki and I'm reading about it. I'm like, Oh, there was a generation two of these. I was like, I don't remember any of this. And I remember um, in the early days of the internet pirating uh, the cartoon because it wasn't out on DVD or anything. There were streaming services didn't exist, so I, I pirated and I began watching the generation two cartoon. This is a complete black hole in my memory. I don't remember any of this stuff. See, I remember getting uh, probably around ninety four. Like, it might have even been after I graduated high school in 94. I bought the G2 
or are the yeah this generation two it was a new because they released an Optimus Prime that just like had a black trailer mm-hmm. and yeah and a few extra pieces but then they totally redid Optimus Prime as this like fire truck thing this red white and yellow fire truck and when he transformed the figure was actually articulated and he had a uh, a gigantic rocket that fired uh, with a little air pump. And then the tank Megatron was the purple and green tank that you mentioned. And I bought those. Uh, I remember seeing them in the store. And I guess I just liked the colors or the price point or the idea that the robots were a little more posable than the old Transformers. Whatever the deal was, I bought that Optimus Prime and Megatron. But I think those were the only G2 Transformers... I bought. Yeah, well, and there's, I mean, how are you, of all people, going to pass up a purple Megatron? Right, exactly. Oh, purple and green <laughs> Megatron. I right, mean, exactly. It's, it's I mean, too perfect, to the point where that purple and green Megatron is actually my preferred version of Megatron. Like, uh, the gun is cool, don't get me wrong. Right. But with somebody with the OCD scale issues that I have, the gun Megatron is a difficult concept for me to deal with. Oh yeah, no, yeah. The the gun I love Soundwave and I love Megatron and in both of those instances, my brain was like, "But this is dumb, right?" Because they're a three story robot that becomes a Walkman that I can wear on my hip. This is this doesn't make sense, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Uh, and and there you know there's an in canon explanation for it and whatever and that's fine. Uh, but I just Tank Megatron is just cool. I dig it. Yeah, I like. Have it. you seen the new? There's a a new mold. Uh, I, I'm gonna kind of jump ahead, I guess. No, that's bit, fine. That's we can fine. Swing back, but yeah. these they they've got a new paint design for the Siege Megatron. Yes, it's on Hasbro Pulse right now. Yes, I've got him. It's awesome. Really? Oh it, man, yeah. I've been tempted. I have. Oh, it, it's so cool. And I've got both. I've got the the Siege Megatron that I got you know, at the store. But when I saw that one on Hasbro Pulse, I was like, "Yep, need that." gonna have to have it because it's like it's kind of that i never had the g2 right like but it's got the cool kind of g2 design and that camo uh and then the box art is really cool it's all graffitied out oh i haven't even looked at the box art that's interesting it's what's super simple so this is not like the high-tech box art at all it actually looks like it's it's just a a cardboard box it looks like someone spray painted the the side on but it, it almost has this weird sort of contraband look to it that i was like well this is awesome because you pose them in front of this and it all it becomes like an impromptu background from like some sort of uh desolate future where megatron has killed everything and it's you know so i've got a posed on the on the mantle standing in front of the box it's like this is one box that is not going in the storage this is this is going out for display and it's the most basic box it's just the way that they did it makes it look really cool well, what what I like about that paint job on that Megatron is it looks like one of those old school redecos that came out in Japan that we never got over here. Yes, like it's that kind of bizarre. Like, what is this design? Where did this come from? And it's some wacky paint job that you know makes sense to to Japanese people, but to Americans, right. it's just like that's weird. Well, and also makes sense in a, man, we released this really realistic gun. We should probably make this less realistic in a future release. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, with uh, a little bit of G2, but not much, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, I had a couple of laser rods. Um, if, if you remember those, those were smaller size cars 
uh, with some of those outrageous paint jobs because I think that was kind of the hallmark of G two is they really went crazy with super yeah super everything was super crazy neon yeah yeah um and the, the laser rods had little LED lights in them and uh, transformed into really well articulated robots and that was that was my thing with the original line was that I, I needed them to be action figures and good vehicles yeah and they just weren't both all the time you know you had shockwave and star or not starscream uh jetfire that yep. were great very poseable uh but then g2 sort of got a little bit but you know my attention went to other things I, well actually shortly after that the star wars line relaunched so i'm sure uh that was my focus at that point yeah and yeah then, and, I, and i think by the time that came around that's also when i started getting into bmx and so then all of my time and money went into my bike at that point. So that's when my toy collecting kind of dropped off a little bit until uh, <laughs> until college, amusingly enough. Now, did you did you dip into Beast Wars at all? No. I remember, uh, I distinctly remember getting home. I had worked a weird shift at Kroger <laughs> in Snellville, and I think I had worked an overnight shift, which was dumb for a high school kid. But uh, I had worked an overnight shift in the summer, and I got home in the morning and was sitting down just to get something to eat before kind of going to crash for a few hours. And I flipped on you know the TV to see what was on Saturday morning cartoons, and I was like, oh, Transformers, this looks neat. And it was Beast Wars. And I was like, I don't understand any of this. This is dumb. Transformers are cars and jets and guns and Walkman. I don't understand this cheetah thing. And I didn't recognize any. I was like, an Optimus Prime, what is that? Uh, and so I just totally checked out on it. And then at that point, I was like, I just became that uh, that snob that was like, nah, I'm not, Optimus Prime is a truck. He's not a gorilla. That's dumb. Um, I, apparently, I missed out. Like, because I, 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 from what I've heard, the show, when it was good, was really, really good. Yeah, I've heard that same thing. Uh, and I've, I've never tried to revisit later seasons. I remember watching very early episodes. And just finding, like, because that CGI, even at the time, wasn't good. No, it was really (laughs) rough. (laughs) And uh, I I just, it it didn't do it for me. And I also, for for years, really disliked Transformers turning into animals. Uh, Which is funny, because we grew up with the Dinobots. Right, yeah. Like, with Dinobots, we're like, oh, this is perfect. But I, but... And the Insecticons. And the Insecticons, too. yeah. Basically, like, kids are hypocrites. Is I think yeah. what the takeaway is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're all we're all snooty, dumb hypocrites. Right. Uh, but yeah, I ju- I just wasn't interested at all in Beast Wars, and and during its run, I ended up working at KB Toys, and if for anybody that remembers, KB Toys was the home of Beast Wars. Uh, there there would always be an entire aisle. Uh, later on, there was a subline called Transmetals that was KB exclusive for a time. Oh, I remember seeing those. I don't think I got any of them. But. I had a bunch of them because there was a smaller line. Now, I got uh, I had one Optimus Primal because I used to, have, and I've actually still got everything in a box. I just don't have room for it now. Uh, I used to have a monkey shelf, and I would uh. buy any monkey toy I came across. And put it on the monkey shelf. And then to, for everything from Munchy Cheese to King Kong to Speed Racers to what, Chim Chim. Uh, any, oh, yeah. 
any monkey toy I would buy. I've got some little Fisher Price astronaut monkeys that came out. Um, I've got the gorilla from Bucky O'Hare, Sergeant Bananas from Ninja Turtles. There are a lot uh, of monkeys. Uh, if you ever decide to revisit that, I've got some candles for you then. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> monkeys are everywhere, you guys. But uh, So I, I bought an Optimus Primal at one point, and then they rele- they would release these uh, smaller uh Transmetals Transformers and they'd be like three for ten bucks and I bought all of those that came out just because they had the vac metal on them and oh, yeah. they, they were just really neat looking simple transformations and uh, you know I never got any further in the line I, I just restricted myself to those but they were just neat little toys and I mean three for ten dollars for, for a little transforming figure and these things were a little bigger than the mini cars so it, it was a good deal I got into those for a little bit but then, in 1997, and it's funny because I, I would have thought it was a little later than that, uh, Beast Machines. Or, I'm sorry, no, 1997 was Machine Wars, which I don't know shit about. Do you remember that at all? I know. No, no. I, don't, I, I don't either. I know it's a thing that happened. Uh, 2000 was Beast Machines, which was the direct follow-up to Beast Wars. And they returned to Cybertron. The Autobots, or which were Maximals in Beast Wars, were still Maximals, but now the Decepticons were all machines again. But they were these cool science fiction, like really badass tanks and and uh, I guess space planes maybe. And there was sure. one guy that transformed from a motorcycle into a robot, but his robot mode had this thing where you could put his listener and he would have a big wheel that he rolled around on. Uh, and I watched the first episode of the cartoon, because you got to remember also at this time, uh, Toy Fair magazine was well underway. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, how you kind of stay ahead or caught up with what was going on. Well, and that's the thing is Toy Fair did a big uh, highlight feature on the Beast Machines toy line before it came out. And the pictures were just really cool. Like if you go look up Tankor and uh, Jetstorm, I think was the was the main uh, bad guy Jet. Uh, they just looked awesome, and the cartoon was great. Uh, I, and it holds up. Unlike other old cartoons that we may have fond <laughs> memories of, uh, the the CGI is obviously dated, but it's still years ahead of beast wars as far as how good it looks like it's it's watchable with modern eyes nice if that makes sense uh but really good stories it's all on cybertron uh i I thoroughly enjoyed it and was all in on the toy line at one point and i this is another thing i'm absolutely kicking myself for i had all of those toys and sold them off at some point or another to pay for something or another. And uh, going to TF Wiki now and looking at that toy line just breaks my heart because I had them all, (laughs) man, and they were so good because they had crisp, great vehicle modes, uh, excellent robot modes with lots of articulation, looked really good as robots. Most of them had transitional modes as well. Uh, This is probably up until the current siege line probably my favorite line of transformers 
I, I feel like just, and I never had any of these, but just looking at the toys, it looks like this was the line where we really started getting the complex transformations where, you know, they had more articulation than they did in the past. And it was more than just like, fold this, bend this, pop this out, you're done. Yeah. Um, this is when, because uh, when I, I didn't start collecting again and getting in the Transformers till Robots in Disguise came out. Yeah, um, and I remember Robots in Disguise, like, I remember getting into it, but then when I go to look at the toy line, I'm like, did I have this stuff? I, it doesn't ring a bell for me. I had the Optimus Prime from that line. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was the... Uh, God, because after that one came out, I then got deep in the Transformers again, and I had bought the Optimus Prime from every line. But I, I'm pretty certain that it was that line where he had... He was regular size Optimus Prime, and then you could snap on all these other parts, and he became this giant because he was also a fire truck, and he became like a giant all red Optimus Prime. Oh and, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking of the wrong line. Yeah, I had I had a bunch of these too. Yeah, and it was I remember it was like for me I was like, is this a new Golden Age? Because it was the same time that the new Masters of the Universe cartoon had come out. Right, and right. I was like. I'm going to the store, and there are Masters of the Universe figures and Transformer figures on the shelf, and I'm now an adult with a salary. This is amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you, the th- the only thing that drives me crazy about TF Wiki is how they organize things. Um, because rather than having all of Wave 1 of a toy line together, they have all of classes together. Yeah. And, yeah. and it drives me I don't me ever nuts. remember what that is. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't. I don't remember who's what class. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I had a few of the the uh, which in Japan was called car robots. Which come on, Japan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a few of the robots in disguise line. But before that line came out, I got super immersed in another one, and that was alternators. Oh, those were yes. I I think I might still have the dot. I've got. Uh, I've got Shockwave, of course. I kept him. Yeah. But I was pretty much all in on that line. I, I Going through, and again, I sold those. And you know what? I'm okay with having sold those because those were so hard to transform that you, you couldn't do it without the instructions, which to me makes them not good transformers. I can't transform most of the current ones without the instructions. Dude, the but, siege ones, I've I after I do it twice, I'm good to go. Yeah, so I haven't even bothered cuz I I'm still so like shell-shocked from the other ones. They're like, very intuitive um like as opposed to the alternators where yeah. you really have to know where things go and how to do things with the siege ones to me that thing goes where you think it goes. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, nice. it all, as you transform it, you can visually see this is making sense. Obviously, I have to do this next. Okay, now this has to happen. Like, there are very few of those weird pull the hinge out, twist this part, move those, put the hinge back, twist it again. Like, there's not a whole lot of that move this until you think you're going to break it and right before it snaps stop right 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 yeah <laughs> and if you don't leave it in the exact right position then nothing else in the transformation is going to work and you're going right. to have to start and, over again and he's not going to stand right i think it's going to fall over and no i i i have found the siege line to be very intuitive and very user-friendly like i said i've i've after i transformed them to uh 
to the vehicle mode and back to the robot again, I'm pretty much good to go. Nice. And that even goes for, uh, I, I did finally just get Ultra Magnus, who I've got to say is probably the weakest one in the line. Really? Yeah. He's in his full robot mode because he's, he's like the Optimus you were just talking about uh, that's a core robot that you put all the parts on to make him bigger. Yeah. In his full Ultra Magnus mode, he's kind of a brick. Oh, that's um, a bummer. And, but and 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 even his vehicle mode is is not satisfying because like you can't put anything in the trailer. It's got parts inside of it, so like he's just kind of s- this solid thing in either mode. His little white robot mode is good. Yeah, but that's not what we're buying Ultra Magnus for. No, no, <laughs> nobody's buying. Nobody's paying the premium price for an Ultra Magnus figure just to get that little white Optimus knockoff. No, no. Uh, as I mean, I, to, will, I, I bought the old Optimus knockoff just because, uh, like, now, as a, as a collector, because, like, well, it's there, I gotta have it. Well, and but, that's, uh, I bought the, uh, they did a masterpiece, um, the white Ultra Magnus, like, but just the body, he didn't have all the parts, he was just the white Optimus. Right. But, uh, you know, I bought it because it was cool to have a white Optimus, and it was on clearance, Gosh, it might have even been at GameStop, but uh, I got I got it for next to nothing. Uh, but ended up selling it because I'm like, well, it's just White Optimus, whatever. Right, exactly. What am I going to do with this? Just stand there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. So, but yeah, the alternators I got way in on because the the cars looked so good. Uh, the robots were okay, but for whatever reason, I think they were only twenty bucks a piece. Um. Which, you know, at the time was a lot of money for one figure, but for a Transformer that was a licensed car. Uh, yeah, the, and that was the huge part, is that it wasn't, it didn't even have to be an approximation. Right. Or kind of like, it was a straight up, like, had the, the, the Viper had the Dodge Viper symbol on the box. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah, the, I mean, and that was it, is the vehicle modes were good enough to be like those Burago you know, model cars that people buy. Yep. Like they were that good. The, the steering worked and the seats folded down and you opened it up and there's an engine under the hood. Like they were really, really successful as cars and as robots. Cause they were fully articulated. Now, granted, most of them had like car trunks for feet, which didn't look great, <laughs> but a trunk uh, that splits in half. I, right. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was all in on those, but I'm, I'm totally fine that those are all gone now. And then uh, we, Go to Robots in Disguise, which uh, I I did pick up a good number of those, but it didn't it didn't hook me back into the line. But you said is that is that where you kind of became a regular again? Yeah, that's where I jumped back in, and I limited myself to just collecting Optimus. So, and that Optimus looked great. It yeah. Was the the toy was the probably the closest thing to what you know. Most of them you're like, okay, this is a badass robot, but that particular toy felt like a Japanese cartoon. Like, it had this weird sort of bubbly uh, architecture to it, um, you know, the, the, with all these different grooves and everything else. You're like, okay, cool. He's not just super boxy with a bunch of straight lines, you know. He's like, he's rounded off in weird things and yeah. has this round head. And then you snapped all those parts on him, and he was awesome. And I was glad that he was a fire engine because the ladder was necessary to make him stand up because he couldn't support his own weight. Yeah, so he, like, you, you had to, like, on his back, you had to do the ladder straight down. Right, you basically had to tripod him because there was no way he was staying up any other way. Um, 
But yeah, so I got uh, that's when I got back into it, and I was like, man, these toys are amazing. I think I got him, and then the um, the Megatron. There was a pistol again. It was like a weird space age. It was like this laser gun. Yeah, like, like a laser six thing. shooter. It almost looks like a Nerf gun, and it actually shot um little, those little Hasbro dart things. Oh, did it? Did it do that? Yeah, I'm trying to oh. find the picture of it right now, but they're of course as I mentioned, these are organized in waves and class and right. And you're like, or, I don't remember which class. That, well, and that's part of the problem. Like we could we uh, we could sidebar and talk about the fact that Transformers has one of the most frustrating scale issues ever. Oh yeah. Well, and that's why as a kid I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Uh Okay, well now all that's coming up here is this dragon Megatron. But yeah, I guess Robots one... in Disguise. He was a dragon. I think it was a classics line, maybe. Yeah, because they they did this. It was like this six barrel gun. Yeah, uh, and it actually shot those those rubber headed uh, foam darts that Hasbro used for a while in a lot of their toy lines. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I can't find a picture of it right now. But but yes, the scale. That was my issue because I couldn't play with the Transformers with anything else I had when I was a kid. And even among the line, uh, you know, like Cliffjumper and Bumblebee and Brawn and all those guys didn't make any sense next to Sideswipe Hound. They didn't didn't scale right, uh, and it, it, it just drove me nuts. And like Jets, like Starscream, how is this jet the same size as this car? Yeah. That yeah, stuff, like, and look, I understand they're still really cool, but when I was a kid, that drove me nuts, man. Oh, wait, even as an adult, like, I have bought and sold more Megatron variations because none of them are in scale with any of my other figures. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I got the Masterpiece. Uh, I had a Masterpiece Megatron, but he was so damn big, and he just looked stupid on my shelf, and I was like, I can't have this. I, I and so I sold it. I was like, ah, I'm just gonna get another one. And then I, I waited till uh, whichever version I ended up getting was one of the uh, one of the small ones. It was more in scale with all of the other figures I have because it drives me nuts that their scale is literally all over the place. Sometimes in the same line. Yeah, yeah, and that's I get it, you know. But I I guess I don't have enough imagination <laughs> to deal with that. Well, and I understand it now, like. From back in the day, I understand it because, again, as kids, we didn't know that they were pulling from uh, two or three different toy lines. Right, right. You know, so that makes sense then. Now there's no damn excuse for it. Like, pick a freaking scale and stay there. Uh, like, And I love – as much as I love the Siege line, I wish that they were two inches taller. I'm I'm pretty good with the scale. Oh, okay, so I found it. It's the Voyager-class Megatron from 2006. Um the actual shooting part, the the gun part, doesn't have the foam darts, but he is this kind of like space revolver. Yes, yes. Uh, and he and, looks pretty cool, except that the gun kibble makes these big, gigantic things that, if you have a better imagination than you and I do, could be wings. But yeah, that's how I always thought of them as wings. They also look like giant gun kibble. They also make him fall over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I think I have one of these now, and he is on the back of the shelf so that the the gun kibble wings are against the wall so that he can't fall. You know what I'm thinking of that uh, had the six cannon? There, It was uh, Dreadwing. 
Uh, okay. It's a big blue jet that comes with a smaller blue jet, and they attach together. But it had it's that's the one that had the rotating cannon with the six darts in it. Megatron just has one, and it actually is uh, Hasbro had Nerf at this point, so it was the Nerf in strike Maverick Blaster is what this Megatron was based on. Oh, okay, yeah, and I yeah I just found something on Cybertron where someone actually did a classics style Nerf gun Megatron, and they did a uh, a modern paint job on a, a Megatron style paint job in the red. Oh, nice, very nice. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, just so we can wrap this thing up, let's jump ahead to the siege line and how we have ended up in this thing. Oh, it's so good. It really is so good. Because it's so good. These, uh, you know, again, we we get to see this stuff at, at San Diego Comic-Con or Toy Fair or wherever. I believe Hasbro first showed these at Comic-Con last year. Does that sound about right? It sounds about right, yeah. And... You know, the first thing you see is in robot mode that they are 100% G1 designs. Absolutely, yeah. And they just look cool and blocky, and they're combining some of the best elements of G1 with, like you were saying, like some of the legs and stuff are kind of rounded off and are quite as, as boxy and blocky, uh, a little more streamlined. But the faces are G1, the shapes and the colors are G1. Like, they just really, really are capturing the animation and the toys of of that era. But they also have these really cool paint decos. Now, some people hate them. What do you think of the paint decos? Oh, I dig them. The, the, like, the wear that's painted on? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think it looks really cool. I think it gives them a lot more character. It makes them look less like just toys yeah and uh so i from the start sideswipe and hound were the first two that caught my eye i just really liked how they looked like i said they captured the g1 thing perfectly and i kind of knew once they were in stores like my my front you know my logical brain was like you don't need to buy those because you don't collect transformers which is what i always tell myself when i buy transformers right uh including when i bought the masterpiece shockwave you know last year and and i don't buy this line this isn't what i do right exactly and then the masterpiece shattered glass optimus that went on clearance on big bad toy store i was like well he's purple and green but i don't collect transformers but i do collect purple and green things so you're coming home right exactly and Uh, how do you say no to a purple and green optimus prime right exactly uh and that's what I tell my family anyway. Uh, <laughs> I can't say no to this. This, no. this toy followed me home. So when I made my, uh, and yes, I'm a 42-year-old man who still makes a Christmas list. Uh, <laughs> when, when I made my Christmas list for the aforementioned family, I had Sideswipe and Hound on that list. And uh, they didn't really start showing up to the point like they did show up before the end of the year but not with enough regularity to where you saw them everywhere you went right uh so i didn't get them until after the beginning of the year and you know of course stood there i don't need these i don't need these because i don't collect transformers and if these are really good i know it's going to make me buy more transformers so i should just put them down now and i did that probably 10 times And then finally, and this is usually when my poor thought out toy buying decisions happen is after a night shift, I'll stop at uh, Walmart, my most hated place on the planet. I'll stop at Walmart on the way home after a night shift. And that's when I make really stupid toy buying decisions. 
because I'm tired. I've worked. I've been up for you know 16 hours or whatever. Right. And they had them, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm bringing them home." And I got them, and man, they're awesome. Now, what what have you picked up thus far? I know you've got Optimus. Yes. But, <laughs> so much like you, I happen to be in Walmart for something random, um, and. As often happens with Walmart, they didn't have what I went in there for. Which is really weird because they have, like, everything in there. They, yeah, they have a ton of stuff. Well, what I what I think I figured out with Walmart is they just have, like, a 100 things, but they have 10,000 of those things. So <laughs> right. it's a giant store filled with the same shit on every aisle. It's just aisles and aisles, and you get overwhelmed by it. Uh, but so naturally I go through the toy section, and I'm like, well – it didn't have what I was looking for, but shit. They have one more Optimus and one more Megatron. <laughs> I guess I'm coming home with toys. Oh, that's right. You sent me the picture. Right. You sent me the picture of them on the little conveyor. And we're like, well, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it was not what I went in there for at all. But it, I hadn't seen them anywhere. And it is, you, you know, as a toy collector, like, it's one thing to buy stuff on Amazon. It's one thing, particularly, like, when I'm buying the old stuff. You know, it's it'd be like, oh, I guess I'll get it on eBay. But there really is something to still finding them in the wild. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a different, you know. It's I I guess maybe that's what hunters feel. I don't I don't hunt. I buy toys. <laughs> it is though. It's that little feeling of triumph <laughs> of like, oh shit, there they are. Victory! I have waited out the Walmart. I win. And uh, so yeah, so I grabbed them, and um, and as soon as I opened the box and posed them at home, I was like, these are gorgeous. I was like, this is amazing. I got to go redo the Transformer shelf right now to put these in a prominent spot. And this was after, um, what was the line that had just come out that had the Dark Rodimus, the Rodimus Unicronus? Uh, the Power of the Primes. That right. Power of the Primes, which those toys were great. Yeah, I, uh, I ended up with a couple of those, too. And- yeah, but, but this Siege line, man, is for as great as the Power of the Primes was, it was a good line that I didn't feel a compulsion to get anything outside of my usual ones. I right. think I, I got Optimus, I got Rodimus, and I got uh, the Rodimus Unicronus. And I might not have even gotten the regular Rodimus if I hadn't gotten the evil Rodimus. And, like, I'm just weird. And I was like, well, I have to have the counterpart. Um, so, But I didn't feel that compulsion. But where everything I see in the Siege line, I'm like, I want all of them. I know every single one. I'm like, and I don't collect any of those. Like, I, I, I should just get Megatron, Optimus, and Soundwave and be done. But then I'm like, oh, but there's an Omega Supreme, and he's only 150 bucks. So I guess I should get him too. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that Omega Supreme uh, that we did talk about uh, for the listeners. If you want to go back and listen to our Toy Fair episode from a few weeks ago, we we talked extensively about that glorious Omega Supreme. Oh, God. Uh, but he's he's 24 inches tall. He's massive. Uh, everything is functional, like you remember it, and it's literally the best Omega Supreme Hasbro has ever produced. And 160 bucks for that much toy in this day and age is, is not a bad. Deal. I was yeah. fully expecting like when I when I saw everything that he does, um, and I saw that scale, I was like, he's going to be like $250. I don't even have to worry about getting him because right. because that's definitely beyond my upper limit of, of what I'll pay for a Transformer. But then right. I saw that 160 and I was like, oh, I guess well, I better pre-order him. <laughs> that's just gotten really interesting now. Which, by the uh, way, speaking of pre-ordering him, 
Have, uh, did you do the Hasbro Pulse thing? I did the Hasbro Pulse, and that's how I got that uh, the camouflage. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I got the camouflage Megatron, and then uh, there's an Optimus Prime variant that's coming out that I pre-ordered. Um, I can't remember which one he was, but it was like they just announced him a couple. Uh, it, the day that Hasbro Pulse opened, it, and it was one of the one of the next versions of the Siege Optimus Prime. Oh, the Galaxy, parts. the Super Galaxy Prime, or whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, he looks um, pretty cool. Yeah, so I pre-ordered him and Bob Metron. Uh, I'm still, I really want, I have been, I have seen Omega Supremes, the original, at multiple conventions or toy shows. And every time I've managed to get away without dropping the $200 that it's going to cost me to get right, one. Right, right. But I had one as a kid, and it is that compulsion of I'm buying back my childhood yeah, bit yeah. by bit. And so I'm always – and so there's – I haven't pulled the trigger on him yet, but there's a really good – there's probably a better than 50% chance that I will end up buying that Omega Supreme just because I'm not going to be able to resist for much longer. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with Hasbro Pulse. I have I've pre-ordered a ton of Star Wars stuff and Marvel Legends. I have not pre-ordered Transformers yet because so far, just like you said, part of the thrill of this line for me has been finding them in the wild. Yep. Uh, well, I take that back. I did pre-order one Transformer, but it's the Ecto One. Oh man, I so I was close on that one. It's I mean that for me was a gotta have. I know it's one of those things that I'd be furious if I missed out on. So I it, and it's you know what's funny about that though is when I pre-ordered it, I did not yet have any of the siege toys. So I wasn't aware of the quality of what Hasbro's doing right now. Oh wow, so it's and, kind of a blind. Yeah, and my last frame of reference which we totally skipped over, but we don't have enough time to really go back to it now. My last frame of reference for Transformers crossovers were those shitty Star Wars Transformers. Oh, those are so bad. They were awful. But I still jumped on that Ecto because I was just like, it's go, you know, we just don't get a ton of Ghostbusters stuff. We just don't. And uh and you know, I know you don't watch the show, but they that they announced that and that same week on the goldbergs it was on that episode oh okay okay so he actually like they um that's funny. adam adam pulls it out and he's playing with it as if it's i mean they futz with the toy with the uh the the timelines all the time it's always 1980 something sure so as long sure. as it looks like it fits uh in that time and and they full up pulled it out and i was like oh that's kind of brilliant on hasbro's part because they just announced this toy and then they just put it on this show that everybody that Every, you know, lots of 80s geeks like me watch just for the nostalgia. Well, this, I mean, this Hasbro Pulse is very impressive because everything that has been announced for the rest of the year is up for pre-order there right now. Yep. Uh, and for 50 bucks, I think it's 50 bucks, although if you did it right after Toy Fair, you get free shipping for the rest of the year just for placing an order. Yes, I did that. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I did as well. And then the stuff came in like three days. Like, their turnaround was incredible. I ordered on a Friday, and it arrived Wednesday. Three business days. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. it took a little bit longer for the Megatron that I got, but it, well, wasn't, was he it wasn't that long. Was he actually out when you ordered him, though? I don't think so. So it may have been more of, like, a releasing this. I think maybe when it was – I'll have to go back and double-check, but I feel like it did – I got the shipping notification way more quickly than I expected to. Yeah. Because um, for something that wasn't a pre-order. Right, um, right. Um. It's it's a great site for the listeners. I highly recommend. I mean, even even if you missed the the free sign up for the premium membership, like fifty bucks is totally worth it to get free shipping on every Hasbro toy you're going to want for the rest of the year. 
I mean, that's yeah. wild. And these are these are standard prices. This is what you're going to pay if you find them at Target or wherever. Yeah, uh, there, there's no premium here. There's no upcharge. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So, anyway, to get back to the siege line and wrap this thing up, uh, I got Sussman Hound and just adored them. So at that point, I knew, well, shit, I really want Optimus and Megatron because Sean got Optimus and Megatron. <laughs> uh, so I need Optimus and Megatron, surely. Right? And uh, I happened to find them together somewhere else. Got them, and they're they're just awesome. So uh, cool. The the posability is is fantastic. Transformations are great, as I mentioned before. Very intuitive, very easy to do. Uh, actually, I would say Megatron. Don't start with Megatron. He's the most difficult transformation out of okay. this whole line so far. <laughs> uh, I can still do him without the instructions, but uh, he's he's the most difficult. Okay. Uh, but the rest of them are are definitely a couple times and you're good to go and then of course shockwave is one that i collect anyway but the problem with the seed shockwave is he's a 50 dollar figure and the reason for that is you get the basic shockwave robot that transforms into a spaceship that looks like the old g1 shockwave like it's in the shape of that gun which i oh, found yeah, out that's right yeah i've seen that yeah and I, I found out it's something that they've done with shockwave before uh but it's very clever uh because it's it totally works because he was a weird outer space laser gun and it doesn't take much to flip that over and turn it into a, a space battleship yeah uh but he comes with all these extra pieces of kibble kind of like ultra magnus that transform him into a larger robot and a larger space battleship thing and it's it's cool like it's very successful he looks he looks cool as the extra armed robot he looks great as the the bigger space battleship but 50 bucks for shockwave i just i i would rather have had a a, you know 20 or 30 dollar shockwave and not have all that stuff he comes with but uh, it's it's a fantastic toy, and they they did a great job with it. Uh, and then finally, like I said, I just the other day found Ultra Magnus after deciding I had to have him and not being able to find him for weeks. Uh, found him in Target, and I, I can't give him a recommendation. Honestly, I mean, I mean, if you love Ultra Magnus, get him. He's not bad by any means, but compared to the rest of this line. He's just not quite as successful as a as a toy. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. I'm holding out right now, um, and this is another reason why I haven't pulled the trigger on the uh, Omega Supreme. Right now, I'm holding out for the Soundwave because yeah. uh, all the pictures that I've seen, I have been dying for a good non masterpiece modern Soundwave. And he's they've been other Soundwaves, but he, he's this weird little car, uh, or he's the movie version, which I don't even recognize as existing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but this one, I was like, this is the most G1 looking Soundwave update. I was like, I'll probably buy three of them. Well, and the cool thing is, he he also turns into a weird space battleship thing. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, you can also transform him into something that looks like the lamppost that was his Cybertron mode in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or in the uh, in the original miniseries, rather. Yes, which uh, I will totally do, and which is for what I think is the coolest character. 
uh, is the dumbest transformation. <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean, how? What? Who's the ultimate robot in disguise? The guy it's that true. turns into a lamp post, a, a street lamp. Right. <laughs> right. That's great. It's not exciting. But no. it's definitely the like ultimate realization of the robots in disguise concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a step above a stoplight, I guess. I don't know. I, I, well, I don't know. A tra- a traffic light is a little more active. It draws right. your attention more, so it's even better. They could have at least made him a traffic camera, and like at least stayed on brand with I'm the sure surveillance. I'm sure he does that too. That's <laughs> it's, fine. It's there. That's fine. We can. There will probably be a third party upgrade kit you can get for him that'll add in a traffic camera. Oh, I hope so. And I'll be the idiot that spends another 50 bucks on the upgrade kit because I've done that multiple times. And, it, and it'll have a little Bluetooth thing in it so you can watch it through your phone. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so going forward, we already mentioned Soundwave, which is, is a definite buy for me for sure. And they have the cassettes as well. Uh, the matter of fact, the first cassette two-pack is Laser Beacon Ravage. Uh, and then Springer. I'm very excited about Springer. He looks great. Uh, from the movie, he was probably my favorite addition to the one roster. Uh, was he a triple changer? Yes. Yeah, his car and uh, car and helicopter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they've got a bunch of other weird stuff. Well, okay, let's talk real quick about the new Jetfire, which is a whole new class. Uh, it's an eighty dollars price point. Jesus, but he's big, like the old Jetfire was in comparison to the rest of the line and he has the uh the animated style face right yes he has yeah, well the... he has an animated style face and uh a mask that's like the the old like there's he's another one of those that's a smaller robot that you put all the parts on it turns into oh, okay yeah robot. He's, a, he's a build former so his small form has a face that resembles the old toy and his larger form has a face that is reminiscent of the animation yeah which is something Hasbro is really good about doing, uh, kind of paying homage to both versions of things. Yeah, and well, and it makes them less of just just straight up Robotech, uh, right? <laughs> which they have to be a little concerned about, you know, in this right. day and age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, at this point, I'm uh, I'm all in on this Siege line. I might even pick up that uh, the Bumblebee movie Optimus that they're doing. I'm, I'm already sure pre-ordered it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Pre-ordered him this afternoon. <laughs> I figured as much, and he looks great. He looks fantastic. It's and that... the most amazing movie, Optimus Prime. I think I stood up and cheered when yeah. I watched the Bumblebee movie when I saw him. And uh, you can ask Jen. I, I wept multiple times during the Cybertron battle scene in that movie because it's like it looks like what it's supposed to look like. Man, I can't wait to watch that again. And then we were actually going to talk about Bumblebee today, but we definitely ran out of time for that. Um, <laughs> But, man, that scene on Cybertron, I can't wait to watch it again so I can still frame it and see who all is there. Oh, my God, because they're so... Well, yeah, and I definitely... I squeed like a child uh, when Soundwave ejected the tapes. Yes. Oh, my gosh, dude. All right, well, I think that is a uh, pretty good place for us to end. Uh, I am a... I'm devoted to the Siege line now. I can't help myself. They're fantastic. Uh, and it sounds like you've kind of run into the same thing, is that they're just too good to not get. Yeah, I'm definitely going out. Like, I have my rules, right? Like, it's 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 Optimus and Soundwave. Optimus, Soundwave, and I'm going to end up branching out. I'm probably going to, if they release a Sunstreaker, I'm going to probably end up getting him because I collect yellow Lamborghinis. I, I, every, 
every excuse in the world, basically, I'm just like, I gotta get him because it's this, and yeah, really, yeah, yeah. it's just I really want the line. We we find ways to justify these things, don't we? We do. Isn't it weird though that there's currently no tie-in for this line? There's no anime now. There's a show coming out in like. 2000, next year, I think. Yeah, coming out on Netflix too. But yeah, right. there's no associated property no, with this, which is interesting. Weird. But that's the thing is it's carrying itself just on the strength of being great toys. Yeah, and I guess it's marketing towards uh, you and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Uh, Sean, thanks for coming on the show and talking about Transformers. Before we go, where can we find you online? What are you up to? And why does your house smell so good? My house smells amazing because uh, myself and Jennifer and Ryan Cadaver and Battle Cougar have started a company that you may have heard about called Theme Park Alchemy that makes scented candles whose scents are inspired by theme park attractions. Uh, currently, actually, my office smells like Welcome Home, which is the uh, the scent inspired by uh, the E.T. Adventure show building. You keep that um, shit away from me. Oh, no, wait. No, <laughs> no because no. I love the ride. Yeah, yeah, you love the ride, so it's perfect. Yes, uh, damn yeah, it. It's totally fine. So I have to buy them all now. Like, the And you have a lot of dogs. You, yeah. have, you have a lot of dogs, and we can confirm that these are great odor killers if you have uh, pet odors. If your dogs um, poop in the house from time to time, then Deep these Park, how can candles, be has you covered. Yes, absolutely. We have, we have come up with a good way to market that particular yet without being like, fight poop. Yeah. And that, that's, that's hard to work into the marketing. Maybe you can do uh, something inspired by the old Ghostbusters stage show. Uh, we've thought but, about it, but do a poo Beetlejuice. There's the, uh, the 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 Beetlejuice stage show as well. So we're like, oh, I wonder what we can do with that. Greatest crossover of all time. Absolutely, but yeah. So uh, theme park alchemy, theme park alchemy on Instagram. Uh, the Red Ranger on Instagram. I only post, but mostly it's cross posting from theme park alchemy right now. <laughs> Well, cool. Thanks for coming on talking about Transformers, man. And uh, we will be recording our March Needless Commentary very soon now. And that one is going to be very exciting for you guys, for sure. <laughs> I, I have concerns. <laughs> All right. Later, man. Thanks. Later. Uh, it was great talking to our pal Sean again, just on a regular episode. Uh, the commentaries are nice, but there's a little group things, and I haven't just sat down and talked to Sean about toys in a while. Uh, and I think the last time uh, we he, he was on was probably the 80s episode from last year. Uh, just lots of stuff going on. We're all busy. We all have things happening. Uh, there is a great strong likelihood that there will be a part two to this episode because we barely scratched the surface of Transformers Uh, and there's also a pretty decent possibility there will be uh, much more Transformer oriented content in the next year or so especially if this siege line continues being as strong as it is and and just real quick for you guys uh, just to sum up well one I'm going to have a review of the Siege line up on NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, hopefully this coming Monday. Uh, but just just for you, Shockwave is great. He's too expensive, but he's great. Hound and Sideswipe are must-haves. Optimus and Megatron, must-haves. Uh, Ultra Magnus, you can probably skip. If you're a big fan, get him. Uh, but otherwise, he's just not as much fun as the other ones. And uh, Megatron is the hardest transformation out of all of them, but they are all 
I, I am an old, feeble man whose decrepit mind barely works anymore, and I can transform all of these without the instructions at this point after, you know, like, as I mentioned just a couple of times. So this line is great if you're any kind of Transformers fan and any kind of toy collector. I highly, highly recommend the War for Cybertron Siege line. Uh, and as far as anything else recommendation-wise, I recommend everybody get caught up on Game of Thrones before April. It's what I'm doing, and uh, I'm going to go watch Hard Home right now. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.